Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. And today we have Dr. Jen Santos on. She is an instructor for the ICPA, and the conversation is around um, kind of when things go not as planned, not as planned in a prenatal clinic, and how to handle some of the hard things that come up. Um, it's a longer one, but she's full of so, so much, so many nuggets. I actually had to stop myself from having an entire conversation with her just about her clinic style. Spoiler alert, you guys, she has 13 chiropractors and zero CAs. Like, the it, it's so cool sounding. Um, he went and stalked her clinic, like looking at her prices because it's all transparent on their website. Um, just how, like her interaction with Jeannie Ohm before she passed and how she became an instructor for the ICPA. And then ultimately to the actual reason I brought her on of like, when you are a prenatal practitioner, there are things around birth that, and pregnancy Um that are difficult, that are difficult and unforeseen and unwanted. And um, I am the queen of putting my foot in my mouth. And so a lot of times around things like this, I tend to be very quiet and not say anything. And so I love having someone on to be like, just tell me what to say. So uh, before we get into it, we have a listener highlight. This is from Alexia Inholson. And she said, I, oh my gosh, just listened to your community outreach podcast and I made my husband listen with me. I'm almost ashamed to admit that I have not thought of the breastfeeding station myself. Can't wait to implement that and the interviews. Thank you for sharing. Um, then, so she's referencing woo, last week, so I don't know, the week before, um, the uh, solo I did on community outreach, especially during a pandemic where I went through a whole laundry list of like different things that you can be doing in 2021, kind of regardless of what your community is doing as far as shutting down again or staying open. Um, and then I said in it, like, if you have other advice for like, what are you doing during this time 
um, send it to me and I will share it. So I'm going to share what Alexia said. Um, it said, for Mother's Day this year, I brought in a photographer who does their office stuff as well. So I'm assuming she had a good relationship with her. And she set up a whole backdrop and took pics of moms with their babies, fur babies, grandbabies, everything. People posted it to their social media with a little thank you to both us and the photographer, which is genius. And I'm going to do that next year for Mother's Day. Thank you. You could also do it for Christmas. Um, yeah, I mean, you could just, you could do that whenever you got like a blank spot on, you could do all y'all like, man, great idea. Um, and most of us have patients who would love a little free chiropractic and exposure to all these families. So that is just genius. Um, if you go and listen to the community outreach idea and have an idea to contribute, shoot it my way in DMs, DMs, DMs um, <laughs> on Instagram, and I would love to share it with people. Okay, so like I said, today's a long one, so we're, we're going to kind of get into it. So Dr. Jen Santos is a second chiropractor. I think I'm supposed to say second generation, pretty sure. Yep, second generation chiropractor. Her father was a chiropractor, and he adjusted her at 45 minutes old. Okay, side note, before I go back to her bio. Um, did anybody actually adjust their baby while still attached through the, like, through the cord? Like, I remember when I was having my kids, I was like, I had seen someone who, chiropractor, who did that, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, that is the coolest thing. But then I remember being oddly like annoyed by the umbilical cord and like kind of wanted it detached as soon as possible like okay we waited until it stopped um pulsing and all that but like I remember my daughter coming out and Kirby just being like do you want to adjust her I'm like no just like ew, it's like a weird there's like a there's like a cord coming out attached to my inside it feels weird um also, since we're on that side note, apparently you are getting funny stories today. I was going to just like cut to the chase. You know, I can't. Um, also along that same birth. So I'd heard these stories of women having, um, you know, stitches down there post, you know, when they rip or things like this. And, and I remember thinking before my first birth, like, wow. Birth must just be so crazy and your vajayjay must be just so numbed out that somebody sewing it back together. Because when you talk to people, when you talk to women and you're like, did you need any stitches? They're like, oh yeah, 11. And you're like, whoa, that sounds really traumatic, but you're really nonchalant about it. So I'm like, well, it must be that is, your birth is just so crazy that like stitches is the least of your worries. So I'm here cord is now detached because I've already gone like, ah, get her unattached for me. It's weird. Um, and I've not adjusted her yet because I'm more interested in a sandwich that my mom had brought. And my midwife is like, you know, I, I delivered the placenta. She's like all this stuff. And she's like, okay, so you have like, sorry, if you're a family member who is a male, stop listening. You have like a tiny flap. And I was like, okay. And she's like, it could use a stitch, um, but you don't need one. It would be more for aesthetic purposes. In that moment, I remember thinking about the horrific 
feeling of what it would be like for that single stitch. And I was like, my vajayjay can be the ugliest thing in the world for the rest of my life as long as you promise not to stick a needle into it right now. Like, so, yep. Anyways, I, for those who are wondering, like, no, stitches after you've given a birth to a baby, you still don't want them. They still are very, very painful sounding. Uh, back to Jen's bio. <laughs> so she was adjusted at 45 minutes old. Good for her. I bet you that that cord was already clipped because, you know, that's a long time. Dr. Jen graduated from Life West in 2013 with Clinic Excellence. She and her husband started their practice in 2014, Acorn Chiropractic Club. Since then, they have grown. They run a membership practice with 11 associates. Okay, she told me 13 doctors. It's 11 associates, yep, and three locations. Dr. Jen was voted Petaluma's best chiropractor two years in a row, 2020 and 2021, and was awarded Alumnus of the Year by Life West in 2019. Dr. Jen is in full-time practice where she focuses on babes and mamas in beautiful wine country. They have offices in Napa and Sonoma County. I know, her life sounds rough, right? Like, oh, how would you get anything done? It would just be like, I showed up at 11 today. Did anybody care? Uh, Dr. Jen started teaching for Life Chiropractic College West in 2016 and still teaches there. She teaches obstetrics, gynecology, pediatric pathology, and prenatal and pediatric adjusting. She also works in the student clinic. Dr. Jen started teaching for the ICPA in 2021. Her passion for hard topics motivated her to start a seminar about the low lows of family practice. She and her husband are both chiropractors and they have two boys, Noah and Koa, I'm assuming. We did, she didn't say his name, but that, yeah, it's gotta be K-O-A, Koa. They live in Ronert Park, California. Um, it's a great conversation. You're gonna love it. If you have to break it up in a couple parts, I understand. We don't usually do hour and a half, but uh, I, I, like I said, I had to hold back from doing two hours. So let us pray um, because we are gonna be talking about hard topics today and um, let's pray and we'll get going. Dear God, thank you for people willing to take on the hard subjects and help guide us through them with our own patients. Thank you for these people who um, are willing to take on so much and, you know, just be the light that we can follow and ask questions to so we can be the best version of ourselves for our own patients. Thank you for people who run their practices different. I love hearing just multiple different ways for a successful practice to be run. Um, help anybody who has dealt with miscarriage or is, has a patient that is dealing with it, anybody who has been touched by miscarriage in any way to, you know, hear this and hopefully this helps their heart in the process and this journey. Um, for those of us who have shied away, not knowing what to say, help us be, you know, filled with these words and be able to use them in practice and just be any piece of comfort that we can for women. And sometimes it's just so easy to just get embarrassed and like not want to do the wrong, say the wrong thing. And so we say nothing and um, just let this conversation be healing to people on both sides of the topic and help just humans connect. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, crew, Dr. Jen Santos and me talking about her practice and some hard topics in prenatal and pediatric practice.
Well, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's really nice to meet you. Virtually. (laughs) Um, So I reached out to you a couple months ago. We both have had very busy summers with vacation (laughs) and stuff like that. Um, Because I, you know, honestly, where it started from was in clinic. We, we see a lot of pregnant women. I wouldn't say like an impressive amount. Like I think when we look at our stat, it's like 10%, eight to 10%. And I'm like, I think it should be more than that. Um, but you know that obviously the longer you work with pregnant women, like there's just like these things that come up and we were kind of problem solving because we had had a string of issues kind of coming up with pregnancy. And they're like, well, how can we get like more information? I'm like, I know what I'll do. I will interview Dr. Jen from the ICPA to be on the podcast. So this is totally just like my question. Sometimes somebody else writes in, but like sometimes I just take over the show and invite people over to <laughs> invite people over to my house um, to for my benefit. So yeah. welcome and thanks for being my personal question answer today. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So before we jump into my list of questions that I have on like running a prenatal practice, um, give us kind of your 411. Like, who are you? I know it's a loaded question. It's okay. I will absolutely interrupt. Literally, there was one time I interviewed someone and I don't know. That's kind of all we did is we talked about her life story and I just kept interrupting with questions. So I'll do my best not to do that. But like, all right. Listen, who are you? <laughs> who am I? Um, so I'm Jen Santos. I am a second generation chiropractor. So my dad was a chiropractor. Um, we have five kids in my family. We homeschooled in the back of his office. Um, and so going through elementary school, junior high, high school, all of that, it wasn't until I got into college um, that I realized that not everybody was under chiropractic care and that sounds weird, but like it was, it was such a paradigm shift for me because to me, that's just what you did. Like you were under chiropractic care just as a, as a lifestyle, as a way to maintain optimal health and function. And so we were in the car one day and I was commuting with my friend and she said, you know, I just get these really bad headaches. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, what does your chiropractor say about it? And she's like, Oh, I've never been to a chiropractor. And I was like, how old are you? You're, you're 19. I mean, you're basically like one foot in the ground. And I was like, how have you never been to a chiropractor? And she was like, I just never really thought of it. I thought that was for like back pain and my back doesn't hurt. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> and so to me, it's sort of this weird, um, paradigm that I live in because it's only been the last, uh, well, that was when I was 19. So it's only been the last like five years, just kidding, uh, that I realized that that's not what the, the world views chiropractic as, that I view chiropractic as such a different thing than than the world. And um, Reggie Gold was one of my biggest mentors going through um, life and school and all of that. And in the Valley of the Blind, he says, in order to be tolerated by a sick society, you must become as sick as they are. And so it, that that like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. Exactly. I was like, oh, no. Um, but to me, it's I, I have this um, 
one Cairo kids are just where we vibrate at a different frequency. And I don't know like how else to explain it other than we're a little weird. Um, <laughs> thanks mom. Thanks dad. Uh, but, but we are, and, um, I wouldn't trade my, my growing up for, for alternatives. Um, because look now going through what my friends going through their life and how they grew up as children. And I'm like, that seems so bizarre. And yet everybody else views me as the weird one. So I'm like, okay. Um, so growing up in chiropractic, I really, it really didn't occur to me that people didn't understand it. And so when I got into, um, chiropractor, well, when I got into high, um, let's see, I got into college, I pursued, um, law enforcement. So I was actually going into, you weren't going to be a chiropractor. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> oh, your parents um, were probably so disappointed. Damn it. Well, one. well, it was interesting because I didn't want to be a chiropractor because I had grown up in the office mm-hmm. and I knew how hard it was to run a business. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted the stability of being of a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they have really good um like retirement and you know okay so yeah I was 19. (laughs) You're giving Uh, me hope because I have a six-year-old who is her like she says she wants to be a helicopter pilot a race car driver a stunt double or a police officer and I'm like cool. Well so I mean a little bit like um to go into it a little bit. Um, I was, I was raped when I was 12 and I had a police officer come to the house and it was a male police officer. And he took me into my, I was at my best friend's parents house and he took me in there and sat me down on the bed and was like okay tell me everything that happened. And as I'm going through, it was very, um, it was a very strange experience. My parents were not there. I did not have an adult with me. I was 12 years old. I had just been through this horrific event. And then this male police officer took me into a master bedroom on a bed. And, you know, and so yeah, the whole thing was very strange. And so from the time I was 12 until I was 19, 20 years old, I was like, I want to go into law enforcement so that I can help that never happen to someone else like me. And so that was sort of a strange time. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when I got into, when I got into it more, I, I interned with the department of fish and game. I interned with alcohol beverage control and I interned with, um, the sheriff's department. And I really realized that most of what we're doing, most of what they're doing, I, I mean, yay, but most of what they're doing is dealing with people on the worst days of their lives. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to help people express optimal function of their life and, and to live a better life. Um, and so that was sort of this weird, okay, well, what do I do? What do I want to do in life? And my husband at the, t- uh, my husband, not at the time, he's still my husband. <laughs> <laughs> my husband also, I like, have these Freudian slips and he's like, what, what does he mean? Um, my husband, um, was working for my dad at the time in his chiropractic office, um, as, a my, my dad had just gotten a new software system. And so my husband was like helping, um, do that because my husband was in computer 
administration stuff. And so um, my husband had been adjusted since he was about 12 years old, um, family friend of ours and all that kind of stuff. And so um, once he got around the office and really started to understand what the philosophy of chiropractic was, he was like, I love chiropractic. I'm going to go and be a chiropractor. And I was like, no, no, you're not. Um, Listen, I, buddy. <laughs> um, we, we both had graduated college. We were like, we're starting our lives. We had bought a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, I, I need to do this. I need to be a chiropractor. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, and so he said, well, I'm going to be a chiropractor and you're just going to kind of be okay with it. And I was like, no. (laughs) And and so, um, you know, he's, you know, and so we really talked about my concerns with being a chiropractor and running your own business and having it drive the centric part of your life. And, and, um, we went to an open house at life West and, uh, Dr. Klum, um, the Jerry Klum was there and he was talking about his chiropractic story and I'm not going to do it justice, but Mm -hmm. basically when he was a child, he was told he was going to go blind. And so his dad during this time, chiropractic was illegal. And so during um, his dad took him to a chiropractor and he had this tumor in his eyes or something and it started getting better. And so the medical doctor, he goes back to the medical doctor and he says, this is great. This is a miracle. Like it's slowed down the progression of it. This is great. It's starting to get smaller. And um, the medical doctor said, what have you been doing? And he said, I've I've been taking my child to a chiropractor. And he says, I wouldn't take my dog to a chiropractor. And I listened to that story and I was, you know, and I've been around chiropractic my entire life. And for some reason, that story really, I mean, it just irritated me a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, wh- like, why, why would you not like, okay. Um, your options are go blind or not. And it was like, okay. So, um, we got back in the car that night and started driving home. And I said, you know, Matt, I I'm okay with you being a chiropractor. Uh, and he goes, okay. And that was the first time I'd said that. And he's, I said, I'm okay with you being a chiropractor, but I'm going to go with you and I'm going to become the best prenatal pediatric chiropractor that I can become. And he said, all right, there's only one problem with that. You hate kids. And I was, you hate kids. <laughs> I am like on the edge of my seat. Like, I don't know that you're a chiropractor. And I'm just like, did you go to chiropractic school? When did you, <laughs> what happened? What happens next? <laughs> And, and I was like, well, I'll figure that part out because at that time I did not like kids. I did not want kids. I thought kids were disgusting and sticky and gross, which is also true, but right. They're still very much so sticky and gross and whatever. But, um, but I, you know, they kind of freaked me out. Like, um, and we had been married for about five years. We were in a point in our marriage where it was like, are we having kids? Are we, what's happening? Um, and, and so we kind of 
took the next couple months to figure all of it out. My husband, I had, I had my bachelor's degree. Um, my husband had a specialized associates degree. So he had to, um, figure out certain like classes to take really, you know, quickly. Um, and so he started doing all of the classes that he needed. It took us about a year and we said, all right, um, we're going to go to chiropractic college. We're actually slated to start chiropractic college in, uh, July of 2000 let's see, 2009. Um, and I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> and so, uh, we postponed going to chiropractic college and, um, my, uh, mother-in-law said, um, you know, and I, I'm thinking like, how am I going to go to chiropractic college? And she said, you just take the baby with you, you know, just fit kids into your life. And I was like, okay, um, we'll figure out how that works. That was your mother-in-law. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you could have gotten some really bad advice at that yeah. point. And it, yeah. I guess I shouldn't say bad, but like Different. you could have gotten people being like, well, Maybe you just work in the office and he's right. the chiropractor. Right. <gasps> Mother-in-law. Yes. Um, so we had our son. Uh, we had our first son and we, um, two months after he was born, moved across the country. Um, we're from, we're both from California. Uh, we moved across the country to attend Sherman College of Chiropractic in South Carolina. And we started chiropractic college with a two-month-old. Wow. Um, which I do not recommend. Oh, sounds like a terrible idea. Um, so for the first uh, two years of his life, all of his nursery rhymes were guidance physiology textbooks. They were, um, you know, and I remember being in class and we were taking an exam, I think in histology. And I, and I, remember singing this like tune of like a nursery rhyme for how I had memorized the different things. And when I got into boards, everything was like, you know, row, row, row your boat, but it was all. And so I'm taking boards and I'm like, you know, like, and clapping. And, and really it was through the birth of my son that it, made me fall in love more with baby chiropractic. Um, my son was born vaginally breech at home. Um, wow. yeah. And it was, a, it was a really beautiful birth. Um, Did you know, I mean, yes, I'm assuming midwife knew it was yeah. assisted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, you're really bad. At you. Um, <laughs> so midwife knew it was, he was breech and yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she was actually, she was, she had done a bunch of other breech births and, um, a common question that I get with that is, were you getting adjusted? Yes. I was getting adjusted. Who is asking that? That's like the dumbest question. Were you getting adjusted? Oh, because they think if you were getting adjusted, probably if Webster, oh, for God's sake, people, right. if Webster worked, he would Whatever. Um, when he was born, his cord was very short. Um, and so he had grown in a little bit of a crooked state. And so he had pretty severe um, torticollis when he was born. And uh, 
we took him to multiple chiropractors just trying to get him all situated. And um, we took him to one that was about 45 minutes away from Sherman College. Um, we drove there and we got there and we were literally two minutes late to the appointment. And she said, I'm sorry, it's too late. I can't see him. Uh, <laughs> And I remember we were in like third quarter and we had just had philosophy class about like the power of the adjustment. And I, I remember I'm, I'm, you know, five months postpartum and I just burst into tears and I'm like, oh, okay. and, you know, like I, one, I was embarrassed that we were late. I don't like being late, but also I was so irritated that like, I'm sitting here being like, we're trying our hardest for everything and I can't handle it. So that kind of, that when I talk about my practice, that'll come back to that story. Too. Okay. Um, <laughs> that bitch? No, I'm just kidding. Probably a very nice person. She just doesn't know how to run a family practice. Yeah. Uh, so we graduated or so we transferred back. Um, we realized we, we got to 18 months uh, we did, I always say we did 18 months in South Carolina. Um, we did six quarters at Sherman and our son was growing up, not knowing his grandparents, our whole life was here in California. And so we moved home and transferred to life West, um, and did, uh, eight quarters there and graduated. Uh, we actually graduated a week before, uh, the Sherman class that we had started with. Um, so we didn't lose any time, which yeah. was really important to both of us. Um, when we transferred, um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't lose any time. Um, we graduated, I graduated with clinical honors. Um, so life West, they give one, um, one person in the graduating class an award of clinical honors and it's like the highest level of honors you can get in clinic um so that was pretty cool my husband graduated as salutatorian um and we both graduated uh, academically with honors um so yeah we uh graduated started our practice in 2014 now is he so were you what year is this 2014 we graduated in December of 13, 13. Yeah. So I'm assuming you were taking ICPA courses yeah. throughout this whole time. Um, yep. Was your husband, is your husband into peds too? Yeah. Yeah. So he knew um, he, yeah. Kind of sounded like he was more into peds than you in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because we're phenomenally different people. Um, I, I tend to be more like, oh, I feel things or, oh, I sense it or, oh, I, you know, and I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm also very linear. I can be very like intelligent. <laughs> so it's not just like um, total woo woo, but I tend to be very woo woo. Yep. Um, my husband is very, uh, he wants to know the cause and effect. He wants to know the neurology. He wants to know a plus B. He wants to, you know, he's very like, um, I struggle. With, yeah. I'm definitely more like you. I literally had someone online ask like, do you have any research that, you know, you can give me for like helping kids, helping with poop. And I'm just like, isn't the fact that I've been in practice 10 years and I'm just telling you that I know it does help. Like, oh, I don't want to go find research. I know. Exactly. <laughs> so we're very, uh, very different. Uh, Do you but know yeah. your Enneagram? No. Somebody tells me. Yeah. I, every time somebody asks me that and I'm like, I haven't, I don't know. I got to figure it out. <laughs> I'm gonna need to know. Um, 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a weird hybrid of things though. But so, um, my husband, while we were in school, he actually had done the Carrick, um, Oh yeah. Chiropractic neurology stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, we are both what you would call straight chiropractors. We really try to stay very centric to the spine, the nervous system adjustments, that kind of stuff. Not that anything else is wrong or bad. Um, it's just not what we wanted to do in our practice. Um, and so it's kind of funny because he had gone through the Carrick program, but then he he's actually now been through it twice uh, just for fun. He doesn't want the letters. He doesn't want to um, be a functional neurologist. He just really wants to um, take the information and learn from it. So his goal eventually is to get a doctorate in um I don't know, neurophysiology or neuroanatomy or I don't know, something, something smart. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yes, um, he, he had done a few of the ICPA courses, um, but we had my son in school. And so it was always like trying to figure out who could take what seminars and that kind of stuff. When you um, opened, did yeah. you open as like, we are this husband and wife of a pediatric and prenatal clinic? Or was it kind that of was, like, we're a family practice and she does peds and I do this? Yeah. So that was a little bit weird because um, what school did you go to? Northwestern. Okay. <laughs> no, I know you're telling me. I really <laughs> liked Minneapolis. I chose based off geography and uh, my husband. Um, that's what I'm just saying God was up to. Yeah. Um, so, uh, my, um, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, so he, so Sherman is a, um, it, it is the HIO school. It was the upper cervical upper cervical school. We had three quarters of toggle. We had a quarter of upper cervical analysis and, um, upper cervical rationale. And, you know, so it's, it's a, it's an upper cervical school. So he sort of drunk that Kool-Aid a little bit, mm -hmm. um, and got really into Blair his last few quarters at, at school. And so he, when we started, he was actually sort of thinking he was going to do upper cervical and I was going to do peds and pregnancy and all that. Um, I quickly won <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and, and uh, he, he's kind of an asshole. I mean, he's uh, he, obviously my best friend, but uh, he's also, um, we just described your husband like an asshole. <laughs> we, I mean, we're in school and, and we're taking, you know, extremity classes and, and he's like, I don't need this. I'm never going to adjust a foot. I don't need this. I'm never going to, you know, and Amen. now he's talking about, you know, the neurology of adjusting feet. And I'm like, you, mother, <laughs> you, know, like, yep. <laughs> you never know. And, um, so anyways, we, uh, yeah, so we, we've kind of, we started a little bit, um, he was doing his upper cervical thing, but we started our, our practice. We knew that what we wanted to do was make chiropractic care affordable for people. Um, and not only that, but make it affordable for the whole family. Mm -hmm. and so, uh, because, you know, in chiropractic, there's what I think a little bit of a misnomer is, yes, you need to know your worth and you need to value what you do and you shouldn't work for free. And, you know, like I get, I get that. Um, the flip side is when you're working with young families, if the choices are food or chiropractic, 
I love chiropractic. I've been adjusted since I was 45 minutes old, but if somebody says here, you pick between feeding your baby or getting your baby adjusted, I'm gonna feed my baby. <laughs> I mean, I love, we just redid all of our pricing like a year and a half ago and lowered. We basically realized that we weren't discounting it enough for the entire family yeah. because I mean, I had this moment where I looked at a family for to do weekly care was, I think we had it priced at like 400 450 somewhere between 400 450 and like i was just like dude i love chiropractic like yeah. i love chiropractic i don't know if i wasn't a chiropractor but i still kept my love if i would do every week i'd be like well how about every other like that's a lot of money a lot of money uh, you know and then kids get into sports and then they get into dance and they get into, you know, and it's, it, it's as much as you love chiropractic, it's, it's not to me a proportional fair assessment to say, oh, people value it or don't value it based on their willingness to pay um, a higher price. And I wanted to see whole family. So then the other thing you'd see is just mom being right. like, I'm good. I'm good. He needs it more than me. And um, then the next person isn't mom. It's dad. Because right. they're like, oh, he just keeps complaining. And I'm like, when do I get to see you? Because you're who I actually want to get my hands on. Um, she's like, oh, once everybody's fine. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. And and then and then the other thing that happens is maybe mom or dad are coming in and one of the kids falls off the jungle gym. And so, oh, okay, well, it makes sense to get them checked, you know? And so it's this whole thing that, yeah, I mean, our goal is to see every person in the world um, under chiropractic care. And based on our current understanding of the neurology and what we're doing with adjustments, we want to see them about once a week. Um, and so that's kind of our maintenance. Mm -hmm. uh, but but it really is just incorporating it with lifestyle. And so we knew that we wanted to do something like that. Um, again, Reggie Gold was our mentor um, throughout school. He was, we would call him and email him back and forth and try to figure out how to, how to have our practice. And um, are you familiar with Reggie at all? Um, minimally, I went to Northwestern. So, uh, you know, all right, I'll send you some stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I saw him, they let him speak once. Uh, and yeah. I was enamored. He yeah. is actually one of the only people that I get it. Like, cause I got to see it. And I, you just being in the room with the man was like, I had, I didn't actually develop chiropractic philosophy until probably about five years into practice. Um, because Northwestern. Um, and so, but I remember having, like, I skipped all my philosophy classes. Sorry, Dr. Siri. Um, like all this <laughs> stuff, but I remember sitting at this event and he was speaking. I was like, I want a little bit of what he's got like yeah. that. He just was a presence. Yeah. 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 Um, so he, he practiced box on the wall. Yes. Uh, and, uh, so for people who don't know, um, box on the wall is basically, um, you come in, you have a box and you put cash in, um, for what you can afford. And, um, so we, we thought going through most of our schooling that we were going to do box on the wall. And, and then we started getting cl closer and closer to graduation. And I was like, I never have cash. And what is the likelihood of 
a mom who just had a baby, who's got three other kids, like she's not going to go to the bank, get cash and then come into the office. Like that just doesn't make any sense. And then there's always this weird, like, oh, I want to make sure I'm paying too, like, I want to make sure I'm paying enough, but I don't want to pay too little, but I also don't want to pay too much, you know? And so it was like this weird, and I understand, like, I, you know, I, I, I love the idea of box on the wall, but it, it also, to me, I think is a little, um, it wasn't adapted to the times uh, where we are now. And so we started kind of playing with the idea of opening as a membership practice. And um, a lot of times people are told membership practices are illegal and blah, blah, blah. Um, And they can be done illegally. (laughs) They shouldn't be done illegally, but you can definitely do it the wrong way. But if you do it the right way, you can have a membership practice legally. And so we started looking into that. Both my husband and I, while we were going through school, we actually had a company called DC Billing Services where we would bill for insurance companies for other offices. And that's how we made money through school. Um, so we knew the ins and outs of insurance and we knew we did not want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> um, we wanted to stay very far away from insurance. And so, um, we kind of came up with this. We thought we came up with this idea of a membership practice. Um, so basically what that means is people pay a monthly fee and they can come in, um, kind of like a gym membership, like most gyms, you don't necessarily pay per workout session. You pay for the month and then go in as you need to go in. Um, so we do make recommendations. There are certain like legal things with that. Absolutely. Um, but basically, um, you know, what we were looking at is, this generation of people who are changing. Um, If right now you had to have a ride somewhere and your choices were taxi, Uber, or Lyft or something, you know, which, you know, which one are you going to choose? Yeah, absolutely. Uber or Lyft. Yeah. Because of the convenience factor, right? The other thing that a lot of, um, a lot of times the hesitancy for chiropractic is people think it's expensive or they've heard about their friend um, going in and getting like, oh, you have to pay a $6,000 care plan or something like, you know, it's very expensive. And so um, what we wanted to do is create a system where we could be really, really transparent about our fees. Um, One of the reasons why people would choose an Uber or Lyft is you know how much that ride is going to cost you before you get in the car. That is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the reason we don't like taxis is you get in, it's already what a dollar or something. Right. And then it's a dollar there. (laughs) Exactly. And then you just see it keeping ticking up and you have no idea. And you're sitting there going, okay, math, I have to math right now. Like, you know, um, the, the other thing, you know, another example of this is, um, you know, Netflix, Netflix is a really good example of, um, do you have a Netflix account? Of course I have a Netflix. Account. Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> are, are you going to cancel it anytime soon? Nope. 
No, right? Like you just kind of keep it. Yeah, um, it's low enough. I don't have to think about it. Exactly. And it's put into your budget that it's just this automatic thing. And, you know, every what, five years or something, you have to update your credit card. And that's a little bit of a pain in the butt, but you know, it's okay. Um, and, and that was really what we wanted to do is, is kind of change the paradigm of chiropractic that one, it's, it is affordable Two, you can go onto our website and see our prices right there. So you're not going to get like, um, you're not going to feel this like used car salesman type of like, Oh, I went in there. I thought it was going to be this much, but I left and I, it, it was this much, you know, like, oopsie. Um, and so we wanted to be very clear about what we were doing with our fees and, and um, yeah. And so that was, that was kind of a big starting point for us. That was kind of the rationale behind it. it was really oh, yeah, I had a question. Yeah. So I'm going to need to get too far into the weeds of this membership thing because yeah. Um, I run a kind of like a kind of membership, but not really. Um, so when somebody starts and they need more care, yep. they're like, in, you know, active care and they're seeing you, I'm assuming you do care plans of like, we'd like or recommendations where you're saying like, we think you should start at three times a week for a couple months. Yeah. And then they kind of air quotes graduate into like, okay, once a week is going to be fantastic for you. Right. Is there a difference in price? So the first month is a hundred dollars more okay. than any continual months. Okay. Um, so, and, and that is normally, um, people come in, we have 45 minutes, like our, our first like initial visit is 45 minutes. Typically, um, there we go through their history, uh, make sure that they're safe to adjust, yep. uh, make sure that they don't have any like adversion to different types of adjustments. Cause sometimes people have been to chiropractors and they're like, I never want that kind of yep. chiropractic done. Okay, cool. Um, you know, so we go through their history, um, understand who is in front of us. And then we explain our side of the story. We explain our rationale for chiropractic. Um, we explain what we're doing in our office. So it's a, it's a 45 minute appointment. Most of our visits in our practice are left just on the first day. Typically, yeah. which, you know, in the chiropractic world, uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, they're there to get adjusted. That's what we want to do. <laughs> um, and we're not, we don't have to go back and review their case. I, you know, I, and I'm not trying to, um, minimize anybody who doesn't No, no, like, um, but I, you know, we don't need to review their case. We don't need to come up with a care plan. Um, you know, typically we start people off at about three times a week and then they graduate to twice a week and then it's once a week for life. And, and we do tell people the first day that we look at chiropractic as something that should be done throughout their life. It's like, if you went to a dentist, the dentist is going to tell you, you should brush your teeth every day for the rest of your life. As long as you have teeth, <laughs> you know, um, you should brush your teeth every day for the rest of your life. We own that, that that's the same as chiropractic. We think people should get checked about once a week, regardless of the presence or absence of symptoms to help maintain a proper functioning nervous system. So we're very transparent. Um, yeah. In, in the first day we say, I know it's a little awkward. We just met, but our intention is to really grow old with you because it just makes sense to maintain a proper functioning nervous system. And so 
um, when you walk into our practices, so right, we have three locations. Um, and when you walk in, we have a picture of me and my family and we're walking and it says, we believe everybody should be under chiropractic care, regardless of the presence or absence of symptoms for life. And, you know, we're very um, transparent about yeah. that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, um, chiropractors get the reputation of like, oh, they just wanted me to keep coming back and keep coming back. And sometimes to, to the public, they think, oh, well, they didn't get the adjustment all the way. Right. Because that's why I have to come back is because they didn't get it all the way or whatever. And it's like, no, it's actually because that's, you know, like you brushed your teeth once. Do you ever have to do it again? You know, like, yeah. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, I mean, we talk about that. We talk about like the idea of if you went to a gym and you worked out and you really wanted a six pack and you worked out one time and you left and you didn't have a six pack. Does that mean the gym didn't work for you? <laughs> um, so there are different things like that with people. Um, I, I'm clearly being a little more um, in your face talking oh, to you about it than I would with a normal person. Yes. Abnormal, but, um, <laughs> you know, then, then with a, then with a practice member, but, um, that, that was kind of the rationale. Um, so, so yeah. you, you guys are, I'm assuming, okay, I don't like throwing around the term high volume because I think it's very judgy and shamey and boxy and whatever, but like, yeah. I'm assuming you guys, you don't have 20 minute appointments. No. Okay. No. Awesome. I am so glad to, because I have, so I'm a, I mean, not unawesome if you're a 20 minute, but it's my concern with talking to someone who is a pregnancy, you know, uh, doctor is like, you know, I want to be able to ask, well, how do you nurture a pregnant woman the way she deserves to be nurtured during pregnancy and postpartum? And a lot of times, no offense other people but like the answer i get is like oh that sounds amazing that won't work in my clinic like like i know mm -mm. she's paying 32 dollars for that adjustment i'm not spending 20 minutes with her uh so okay so can we talk can we talk about that then like how what is when you have a pregnant woman, like what is, how do you appropriately nurture them through this process? So one, I think, I think a big part of it is I talk to them about the function of the nervous system and what we're doing chiropractically and how chiropractic is, is, and should be incorporated for the rest of their life. But specifically during pregnancy, there is a special time when what we are trying to do is create a luxury pelvis for that baby to grow in. And as soon as you, and this is kind of interesting. I really like that phrasing, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to start using that Monday. Um, the, the really interesting thing about this, right, is a lot of times exactly what you did, if you went back, if you go back to your, to your comments about, you know, the mom saying, well, okay, we're going to get the kid checked. We're going to get the dad checked me later, me later. Right. And there's this whole thing in pregnancy where it's like, okay, well, it's almost like shameful. Okay. Air quotes, please. Um, shameful to do things for yourself, to take care of yourself. As soon as you change the paradigm of we're not adjusting you necessarily for you, right. We're adjusting, we're, we're not, we're adjusting you 
to create a luxury pelvic experience for that baby to grow into. And when you have proper nutation and counter nutation in the pelvis and everything is moving properly, your pelvis is actually rocking the baby back and forth, which is helping their vestibular system develop. So, <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, you are so good with communication. Do you teach a class on this by chance? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we change it from, we're not seeing the mom for the mom's back pain or for the mom's SI joint, whatever. We're seeing the mom so that the pelvis, so that we're actually helping the baby's vestibular system develop. That changes it. And what that also means is we also a little bit kind of put that on the mom that this is why it's important to be adjusted during during pregnancy. Since I've started using that, we don't see as many like missed appointments or missed visits or whatever, because they're thinking, I got to come in for the baby. I'm not coming in. Yes, I'm coming in for me. Yes, it's great. Yes, I feel better. Yes, I function better. Um, but we've also kind of taken that and, and a little bit made it more about the baby, um, which I think um, one is totally true. I don't feel like we're being like manipulative by any stretch of the imagination. It's totally, it's what we're doing. Um, but it's also, um, it's also allowing the mom to do something actively for the baby while we're waiting, right? Because yeah. it's hard to wait for the baby to be born. It's hard to wait. Um, and so this is allowing the mom to really do that um, for the baby. And so for us, it is about that educational piece that, um, that that's what we're doing. It's also about, to me, people ask, oh, how many people do you see a day, right? I love that question. Um, we see one at a time. And um, now I can give you real answers like, you know, brass taxes. But but the truth is every single person that we see, every single person that's in front of us is who we're seeing right then. And so you can have two to three minute adjustments fully intentional and the person leaves feeling loved and understood mm -hmm. and and like they just spent, uh, you know, lunch with their friend. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, you can spend 20 minutes <laughs> with somebody that is completely distracted, that's not focused on you and leave and feel like, well, that was kind of a waste of time. Yep. Um, For the most part, it kind of just works out when somebody needs a little extra, um, and you know, like somebody has less questions and then somebody right. has more. Do you ever find though, that some shifts, everybody needs a little extra? Yes, but here's the thing. Um, so in our practice, we have 13 chiropractors. Um, so we have three, three locations and 13 docs. So if somebody comes in and they need a little extra time, yep. this you is not a you got to go, you got to go, you know, this is a, you know, um, and, and people know, I mean, our, our adjusting room is completely open. We have like a huge room that just has three drop tables in it, um, or two tables or two tables, depending on what office you're in. But if somebody comes in and they start crying and they start having a day, right. Yeah. We'll take them to the back 
and everybody there. Okay, but how, okay, I'm kind of awkward. Like, yeah. how do you like not feel like you're, hey, come back here because you're embarrassing me. No. Um, so that, so that's the other thing, right? Um, I, I affectionately call myself adorably awkward, uh, because I am, I'm very awkward. Um, and now, so I used to not like kids. Now I like kids and don't really like adults because, um, I feel very awkward. And so with kids, I'm like, Meh, okay. Uh, with, with adults, I'm like, I gotta be, I gotta, I gotta kind of pretend like I'm normal for a minute. Um, But I'll say, I'll say to, you know, if they're having a day and they come in and they start crying, I'll say, you know, um, is there something you would like to talk about? Do you want to go into the back? Do you want to, um, stay here? Most of the time they'll say like, yeah, I want to go, I want to go to the back and I want to talk to you. Um, okay. And if they say no, I'll say, okay. Um, and I said, you know, can I give you a hug? And they'll say, yeah, I'll give them a hug. And then they might start crying more. And then they'll say, okay, let's go to the back. Um, so it's not to hide people. Um, it's, it's no, more, I would just, it yeah. would come across. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're crying in front of people. Oh, we don't cry in public. Um, uh, yeah. But you're staffed appropriately. Well, yeah. I mean, so we don't have any other staff. Um, we have our, our 13 chiropractors, but what Wait, that allows what? us. <laughs> wait what you don't have CAs no what we're never gonna get to <laughs> my ultimate question because I just have so many pre you don't have CAs no nope. who answers the phone we do it's <laughs> um it's so we have you some- know you can get a CA for cheaper than you can get a doctor <laughs> I do know that. Um, so we have, yes, but they can't adjust people. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and this is the thing, right? Our, our model is we're low overhead. Um, we're low overhead. Our office, uh, all three of our lo- office locations are run on a cell phone. So, and when you call the cell phone, it says like, Hey, we're either busy seeing practice members or, um, we're not in the office. And do uh, all the docs see everyone. Yep. Uh, you can, or you can see specific people. Yeah. Um, if, uh, and so the, so yeah, most people at this point will tell people the first day, um, it's easier if you text us, um, you know, most people have texts at this point. Um, and, and our target demographic is young families. And so we're not, I mean, nothing against older people, but we're not targeting, you know, the 60, 80, 90 year old people, um, that don't know how to text. Right. So it's, you know, so for our purposes, you know, a lot of times you can book your, um, you can book your appointments online or on an app. So, um, and you can move it online or on the app. Um, all of our 95% of our practice is on a membership. So are on like on recurrent payments. So we don't have to like do anything like that. So it's basically it's you recommend once a week, but like they pay a month. And if that person's like, well, I want to come every other week. You're like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we'll tell them like, if they come in, we'll say like, Oh, it's been a little while. We do have, if they haven't been in in eight days, we'll send them a text. Hey, we miss you. Come on in. Um, because we don't want it to be a situation where people are paying all, you know, three months and they haven't been in, um, we'll cancel, um, a membership if they haven't been in, we'll stop payment on it. Um, because we don't want to just keep charging people if they're not coming in. 
and we don't want to chase people down if they're not coming in, they'll come back. Um, and if they don't, that's okay. Um, but we, I would rather them know that we canceled their membership than think that, oh, um, you know, I haven't been there in six months and they just keep, you know, keep collecting my payment. That becomes awkward and um, then they might want a refund or whatever, you know, so it's just, yeah. it's just not worth it. So we just do it that way. Um, so yeah, when you walk in, there's a computer screen on the, on the um, wall and people check in and that gives you the option to pick a specific chiropractor or any chiropractor. Um, and so then they can do that and then they sit down and wait and we call them back when we're ready and it's, it's all open. So people know, like they can kind of see, um, and it's just, it's kind of the style. Um, it's, it's really cool because it in some ways has created community for people. Um, especially this last year and a half has been really hard with that. Um, and so people see each other and, um, kind of still have a little bit of that community. Um, normally pre COVID, um, Saturdays are a day where people just kind of hang out. Um, and, uh, they'll, you know, where kids are running around on the floor all over the place and it's just kind of, kind of chill and, and cool. Um, yeah, so we, we don't have any other staff. That's crazy. <laughs> I can see how it could work. I, I just like, wow. Um, so when did, when did you start teaching for the ICPA? When did that all come about? By the way, I am formulating ideas as to what Enneagram type you are. I just want you to know that these questions are very specifically asked. <laughs> um, so, well, so the ICPA, so I started uh, started practice in 2014 in 2016. Mm, yeah. To, uh, I think, no. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, 2016, I started teaching for life, um, life West. So, um, that, and that, and that's important because that's what led me to the ICPA. What were you uh, teaching at life? So I still teach there now. Um, I teach obstetrics, gynecology, pediatric pathology, and prenatal and pediatric adjusting. How many hours a week are you? That's a lot of stuff. Well, I don't sleep. So that's okay. (laughs) Um, Don't worry. She gets adjusted once a week. She's fine. I'm fine. Um, Eight hours. Eight hours a week uh, I teach. And then I, and then I also help in the student clinic um, when I'm down there. So for two and a half hours a week. So 10 and a half hours a week total, um, there. Um, so that's fun. Uh, so I started teaching. Well, so what happened is my little brother decided to go to chiropractic college and, um, I was, I knew chiropractic college was hard. And so, um, I was making him meals and my mom and I would drive down and give him like pre-made weekly meals. And, um, one day we were hanging out at, at his house and the president of the student body was there. It was his roommate. And we started talking and, um, I was talking about our membership style practice and he's like, you got to come talk at the student, um, like assembly. So once a week they have like a big student, like all school assembly. And so I said, yeah, sure. Let me know. And I'll do it. So, um, I, I spoke for that assembly and, um, as I was finishing the Dean of clinical sciences came up to me and said, 
would you want to teach our obstetrics class? Um, I've been teaching it for 88 quarters and I need to not teach it. And you're really passionate about pregnancy. And I think it might be a good fit. And I was like, I could do that. <laughs> um, and so I was like, all right, yeah, sure. Um, and so I started teaching obstetrics, um, got into ultimately then was given gynecology as well. So at Life West, they're two different classes. Um, and then picked up pediatric pathology and then picked up prenatal and pediatric adjusting lab. So we do the lab portion of that. Um, and so, um, so through a random series, um, I was asked a couple quarter, or well, um, let's see in 2000, I think it must've been 2018. Um, I was asked to speak at the dinner the night before the graduation, um, for the class. So the class is allowed to invite, um, the speaker to come speak for that. Um, so, I accepted um, and said, yeah, I'm going to come down and speak for this class. Um, and because I'm prenatal pediatrics, um, I wrote my entire speech from the perspective of basically drawing a, an analogy of um, being an embryo and being, you know, in your first quarter of chiropractic college and then, you know, being a fetus and being in your, you know, after boards and, and then, you know, your birth process is going through clinic and now you're being born into the chiropractic profession. And so I had written this whole speech about this, this kind of similarities of the birth process and, and chiropractic college. And I get there. And, um, they say, okay, you know, are you, are you ready? And they got me all mic'd up and I get on stage and I look down and Jeannie Ohm, oh, is <laughs> the, she is in the middle front, front row, middle straight to who I'm looking at. And I about died. I was like, oh my God. And I'm, and the first thing I said is, we're, we're, you know, I met this, everybody's family is there. This is, you know, I don't know, 600 people. And I go, oh shit, Jeannie Ohm is here. And that just came out. And I was like, and I said, and then I said, um, so I'm about to draw similarities between the birth process and being born into the chiropractic profession in front of Jeannie Ohm <laughs> and everybody laughed. And, and, uh, so I, I went on with my, with my speech and, um, you know, a lot of it, people were crying, people were laughing. Um, and I, you know, I had everybody give their parents a hug and tell them, you know, thanks for, thanks for birthing me into the world. And then also into the chiropractic profession. And, um, it was a really, it was, it was actually a really cool speech. And so about two weeks later, Jeannie, uh, Facebook messaged me and said, I saw your speech. Um, it was hilarious. I like your style. Would you be willing to talk to me? Um, would you be willing to have a conversation with me? <laughs> no, Jeannie, I'm too busy. Uh, so, <laughs> so got, um, figured out a time, got her on the phone and spoke to her. I think it was probably about an hour and a half long conversation. And she ultimately at the very end said, all right, so here's my question. 
Um, if we were um, to offer you a course with the ICPA, what would your topic be about? Hadn't thought about it, hadn't realized that that was even a realm of possibilities. I was just totally fangirling over Jeannie Ohm calling me. And, and she said, I just want you to think about it for a minute. What do you think? Because I've been through the entire ICPO program. Um, and she said, what do you think is missing in the, in the program? And I said, honestly, what I feel like is missing is uncomfortable topics. I feel like miscarriages, stillborns, infant loss, terminally ill children, um, terminal diagnoses, right? How do you, because everybody wants to be in a pediatric practice because it's fun. Everybody wants to do the cute babies. Everybody, you know, it's, it's easy. Um, but, and, and a lot of times like we as prenatal chiropractors, we're dealing with the high highs, right? We're dealing with people who aren't able to become families becoming families. And we're dealing with the beautiful transition of women becoming mothers and father, you know, men becoming fathers and, and families really being formed. And that's such a beautiful thing. And those are high highs. The flip side to that is we're not precluded from the inevitability of death. Mm -hmm. And so that really goes into how do we as chiropractors guard ourselves love our practice members, love our patients. And, and also what, how do we know what to say and what not to say? Because a lot of times there might not be the right thing to say, but there are certainly the wrong things to say. Mm -hmm. And so, and so Jeannie said, that's a really, really heavy topic. I got to think about that. And I was like, Meh. oh, crap, <laughs> throwing pediatric parties. I know. Right. Um, and, and she was like, I got to I got to think about that. And so she and I kind of emailed back and forth a little bit and then she passed away. Um, and um, I sent a message because I, I didn't really know what had happened. I didn't, you know, I had just heard that she had passed away and um, I sent a message and said, Hey, um, you know, I'm a big ICPA supporter. If you guys need any help um, with this transition, please let me know. And Justin, who took over um, her son, emailed me back and said, you know, um, I have notes from a conversation that you had with my mom and I'd like to continue that conversation. And so Justin then kind of, um, we went back and forth. We had many long hour long conversations about why I was so passionate about these subjects and why we needed to do that. And, um, we were going through that and Justin, called me and said that he had been taking care of a woman through her pregnancy and she and her husband showed up postpartumly and he looks around and he goes, where's the baby? And he goes, I'm just, you know, and so he's telling me like, I'm just an ohm. I'm, I'm an ohm, right? Like I'm, I'm ICPA. Like this is our thing. I should have known better not to do that. 
And I was like, Justin, that's the conversation that we as chiropractors need to be cognizant of because yes, chiropractic is amazing. We shit rainbows and glitter. Like it's fantastic. The flip side of that is that point zero one percent of the time that that's not an appropriate thing to say is really damaging to people. And, and we don't want to do that. And that was never the intention. And he said, you're right. Like we, ha- we have to get this class. We have to get this class going. And so it was really, um, through very fortuitous events, um, and, and my insistence that it really be the uncomfortable topics, um, that, that people don't want to talk about. It's, it's kind of a downer, but, um, I, I think my life when you're in practice long enough though, you realize, Oh, we got to, yep. Because I don't know what to do. Um, and so I need somebody to tell me like, what do I, what, what do you do when you're sitting there and the woman says that she miscarried? I'm asking you right now. Oh, right now. <laughs> like what, what, what do I do? Take them to the room in the back. Um, yeah. I mean, I, again, there's not a, there's not a beautiful formula of what to do. It's a lot. It's also a lot of what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have somebody that you've been working through their pregnancy with them and a miscarriage happens, um, in my opinion, you, you, you want to hold space for them. You don't want to go into, oh, were you drinking a lot of caffeine? Because if you drink 200 milligrams of caffeine, a 2006 study showed from Kaiser that 200 milligrams increased your risk of miscarriage by twice, you know, two per, you know, by right. two times. That's a really dumb thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, do you, okay. So selfishly, Yeah. My brain immediately goes into fuck. Does she think the chiropractic caused this? So that's also something that people that was, that was a big question that chiropractors um, have, right. Is does she think that the fact that she's there coming to you, sharing that with you already kind of tells me she probably doesn't think that you caused it. If you, and that's our normal reaction, right? Shit, what did we do? What it was, you know, cause we go to school and we're trained how to not hurt people. Right. Like, uh, and, and we're trained, you know, and, and that's kind of the, the biggest thing in chiropractic is we're, we're taught how to not hurt people and how to diagnose pathology. So immediately well, and we learn about all the horrific stories of chiropractors hurting people in chiropractic college, right? And so there's this weird thing where we think, oh no, like, does she think that I did it? The fact that she's there telling you, she's letting you into a very um, precious time of her life. And so the fact that she's there saying this is what happened I don't think you should put into her mind that that's even in within the realm of possibility. Yep. That makes uh, sense. There's, um, there are if very sensitive to say what happened. Um, so it depends sometimes, um, sometimes it is insensitive. Um, what I would say is 
would you like to, ex- would you like to tell me your story? Um, would you like to tell me your story? Would you like to tell me? Um, and often that's going to tell you what happened. <laughs> Sometimes they don't know what happened. Uh, miscarriages happen. You know, it's, it's estimated that one or 10, 10 to 25% of all pregnancies will all recognized pregnancies will end in miscarriage 10 to 25%. It's estimated that 50% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage. So a lot of times this, this whole shift of women finding out that pregnancy has occurred, I think so you know, early. <laughs> yeah. So early six days before your missed period, you know, um, in some ways we're sort of traumatizing women by, by finding out so early because mm-hmm. in the olden days you wouldn't find out until you start having changes in your body, you're skipping periods, you're noticing you're gaining a little weight, your breasts are tender, you know, changes are happening, but you're not necessarily going to know what, you know, that that's what's happening. Now we've hyper medicalized normal pregnancies. Um, and so women are able to find out, you know, very, very early on and, and, you know, about half of pregnancies have like some sort of, um, reason why the the pregnancy needs to terminate on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're finding out very early, but it's sort of like the intelligence of the body to terminate pregnancies of a non-viable fetus. And I'm assuming this is not the time to say any of that to her. No, 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 no. no. It's the time to say, I am so sorry. Um, if that's appropriate now, Wait, why, when would that not be appropriate? <laughs> um, so if a woman comes in and says, you know, I went to my medical doctor and he said, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want you to be sorry for me. I just want, you know, you know, <laughs> um, so you listen to what that guy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how are you doing? Um, so it, it's there, there's just, and this is where it's like, this is such a, a hard topic because if you say, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry, a lot of times, 95% of the time, that's going to be the appropriate thing to say. Yeah. Sometimes they don't want to hear that right now. So I'll say, would you like to talk about this? Would you like to tell me your story? If they say no, I'll say, okay, I want you to know that when and if you are ready to tell me your, your journey, I'm here to listen. Um, and so I kind of leave it and, and I'll say, you know, um, would you like to be adjusted today? And, Mm um, you know, maybe, Maybe we have a different way of adjusting. Maybe we don't do side posture or drop table. Maybe we go to Logan basic and we kind of help reset the neurology. Maybe we Mm -hmm. do a little bit of activator, maybe, you know, just kind of resetting the system a little bit without so much input at one time. Um, But kind of just supporting her through that process. Um, another question that people often will ask about that is like, Oh, well, if she's having a miscarriage, I don't want to adjust her because I don't want her to then be able to come back and say that I caused the miscarriage. Oh, for God's sake. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, I mean, if you're really concerned, if she's really like strange or off, I suppose that could be a concern, but you would want to document that she came in stating she was in the process of having a miscarriage and that this is the appropriate action that you did with your adjustments. Um, so there are, you know, things, things like that. Um, are it, there, oops, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, are there any supplements or, or like, so the, the old like German grandma in me wants to like hand them a pot of soup. Um, is there a thing you give them? You said, do you want a hug? Hug. Uh, <laughs> can um, I hug you? Is so that how you phrased it? <laughs> yeah. Do you want a hug? Can I, can I give you a hug? Can I give you a hug? Can I give you a hug? Um, because again, and this is the difference, right? Is do you want a hug? They might not want a hug. Can I give you a hug? Mm -hmm. Because they might need a hug. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I, I don't have one. I don't have like a stock of my miscarriage soup in the back of my office that when somebody has a miscarriage, I, here you go. Um, <laughs> um, because I don't even want to put that into the universe. Right. I make jokes at really bad times. This is why I needed to have you on to be like, but what do I do? <laughs> See, I think we can be best friends. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think that it's one of those things um, where to me, you know, can I give you a hug? Do you need to talk about this? Would you like to tell me your journey? Would you like to talk to me about this? Um, often they will tell you if they know what happened, but a lot of times, especially with miscarriages, they don't pathologize it. They don't know what happened. They don't know why it happened. Um, and so we don't really need to go into that. We don't need to necessarily ask them. Um, does it change how you're going to adjust? Uh, you know, I mean, is, are they still safe to adjust? But yeah. I mean, they're not for the most part, it's not a miscarriage is not a contraindication to an adjustment. Um, we might want to alter what we're doing mm -hmm. um, for sure. Uh, but um, so what I recommend is take care of them that day. And then the next day, um, send a card, um, in the mail, you handwrite it out with your handwriting, um, send a card, um, send a plant. Don't send flowers that are going to die in a week. Send a plant that can continue to grow. Um, send, uh, or, or take them. It, it really depends on the type of relationship that you also have. Um, so, so things that I've done is I've taken a plant to, to them. I've taken, I've taken soup to them the next day, right. I've taken a meal to them, um, and said, you know, I know, um, if, if it's somebody that I know and like, am kind of like closer with, I might offer to take their older child for the night not for the whole night, but like, you know, for a few hours, um, can I, can I take Jared to the park? You know, can I, can we, can I get him out of the house just for a little while for you? Um, 
And I don't ask, what do you want? What do you need? I'll say, can I do this? And I'll, and I'll do it. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of times, yeah, we'll send them a plant or we'll send them a meal or, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other thing that I do is in my calendar, I will go back and look and see when their due date was and send them something on their due date that again, just reiterates that you're thinking of them because you know that that's a hard time. Huh? What do you send another plant? I would just send a card. I would just send another card. I got you Uh, another plant. I got you another plant. Here you go. Now you're the crazy plant lady. Um, No, no, I would, I would send a card because here's the thing is when you have a miscarriage early on, what do you say in that card? Um, I'm, I'm thinking of you this week. Do you mention like, because I know it was your duty? No, no, she knows. Women are not dumb. <laughs> um, and, and or forgetful is maybe, a yeah. Um, but, but you're not going to forget your baby's due date. Right. You know, it's just not. Um, now I will say, um, if they seem to have moved on and they seem great checking in on them, um, you, if, if they're really good, um, that might not be an appropriate time to send a card, you know, post their, um, but a lot of times I'll send a card on their due date, um, or, you know, to have it be there on their due date, um, that just says, you know, um, thinking of you this week just want you to know that we're here for you. Um, and, and really being present in that as well. Um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about what you say. It's more about how you're making them feel mm-hmm. um, and what you're doing is trying to convey love to them. You're, yeah. you're trying to convey that, that you care enough about them to remember those types of things. Um, hopefully this is not happening in your practice so often that you can't keep track of all these dates, um, you yeah. know, <laughs> but, but hopefully, um, you know, you can, you can kind of, you know, two or three days before what would have been the due date, send out a card that just says, you know, I'm thinking of you this week. Um, I imagine it would be a difficult week and we want you to know that, that we love you and we're here for you and we're sorry, or, you know, not, not, yeah. I would say sorry at that point, but that we're here for you and we love you. And, um, we, we can't wait to see you next week or we can't wait to see you next visit. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, because it's, it's, that's going that little extra mile to, to say, you know, that, that we care about you. Um, I, in my ICPA class, I talk about a woman who, um, didn't bond with the pregnancy at all that she was having. She was about 10 weeks pregnant. Um, and, and I talk about the language behind not inserting your own excitement into a pregnancy. So if somebody comes into the office and says, I just found out I'm pregnant. Um, you want to ask them is, are, are, how are you doing with that news? Are you excited about this? Are you not excited about this? Because they might not want to be pregnant. And so if you go, congratulations, yay. And you assume that it's this happy thing, 
um, you've sort of shut them down. You've sort of not allowed them to then say, well, actually, I really don't want to have this baby. Actually, I really don't. I'm not happy about this. And so you putting that excitement on them kind of puts a barrier between you and, and the reality of them. Um, and so I say, you know, how are you doing with that news? Are you excited? Are you, you know, less than excited? Um, and so for this woman, she came in, um, she was under care prior to getting pregnant, um, came in, said, I just found out I'm pregnant. And I said, how are you, how are you doing? And she said, I'm miserable. I don't want to be pregnant. This, this is not the right time for my family. I'm, I'm really actually quite upset about it. Um, and so I said, okay, you know, and we kind of, you know, went through, went through it. And, um, 10 weeks later, um, she comes in, gets adjusted and she leaves. And about 20 minutes later, she calls and says, uh, Hey, Dr. Jen, I, uh, I think I'm in the process of having a miscarriage. And I went, right. <laughs> my stomach fell out of my butt. <laughs> and, um, and I, I was just like, Oh my God. And I said, okay, um, what's going on? And she said, well, um, I got adjusted. I left and I'm in the car and I am just bleeding profusely. Uh, see, this is what I brought up earlier where I'd be like, well, let me tell you, let me find you some research. I don't know where I, cause I don't care about research, but right now would be a great time. Uh, <laughs> let me call Dr. Jen and see what she, <laughs> um, and so I said, okay. Um, and she said, but I have a question for you. And I said, okay. And she said, remember when I first came in and you explained to me that the body is like really smart and that you're, that chiropractic is continually trying to strive for perfection and that it's trying to heal. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, remember when I told you I was pregnant and I told you that this wasn't a good pregnancy, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't. And I said, yeah. And she said, I have never felt like my body accepted this pregnancy. I'm not supposed to be pregnant right now. So do you think it's possible that getting a, an adjustment helped kind of facilitate something that was already supposed to happen. And I went, I'm gonna go with that. Right. <laughs> like, um, but what that made me realize is how much education meant to her. Mm -hmm. It wasn't now please do not hear that. And ever don't ever say that you let <laughs> you let them say that. Don't ever say some to somebody that's having a miscarriage, whether they're a chiropractor or not. Um, don't ever, don't ever say to somebody, well, it's just the body's intelligence <laughs> being expressed. Mm -hmm. No, that makes you an asshole. That doesn't make you a good person. Um, and so for me, um, that, but that made me realize how important it is to really educate people on what it is that we are doing and the intelligence of the body, because she was able to extrapolate all of that from, from that. And I think had I been so excited for this baby and just, oh, you know, I just found out I'm pregnant and oh my God, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Shut down. And then we have that barrier, but the fact that I already knew, and I was, I was a safe place for her to have that conversation with. Um, I, I think, I think that's a big part of it is really just being a safe place for people to have conversations with you. Um, and not necessarily giving so much of your opinion or your take on things, but really listening to what they're saying 
is super helpful. You said something in the beginning of this when we were talking about when you were 19 years old and that you were going to be a cop mm-hmm. and that you realized that being a cop is being with people in the worst days of their life. And I find it very interesting that <laughs> the mark you made within chiropractic was coaching chiropractors how to be with women on the worst day of their life for some, not for that chick, but like for a lot. And that is really interesting. Yeah. That's kind of all I have. I have no other thoughts on that. I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, again, um, so getting deep on this one. So that, um, the, the rape that I experienced when I was 12, I I got pregnant from and I hit it and I didn't tell anybody. And I was camping with my girlfriend and her mom and I started bleeding and she took me to the hospital and I gave birth to my daughter at 23 and a half weeks. And, um, I was alone and I didn't know who to talk to. I was 13 years old, totally embarrassed. Um, my parents didn't know at the time. My, my, nobody in my family knew nobody, you know, I was, I grew up in the church. You can't have sex before marriage. And that was a bad thing. And, you know, um, and so there was so many layers of that. And so, um, fast forward and I was in student clinic or not student clinic, but I was a student in clinic and my, um, somebody that I was caring for lost a baby at 38 weeks. And, um, it was through that experience that I was able to draw from my own experience and realize that my daughter's life serves as a purpose, for this because this is an uncomfortable topic it's something that people don't really want to talk about they don't want to talk about about that right um i'm gonna sneeze hold on okay um and and we don't want to talk about it we want to continue to think of prenatal practices as women who are getting pregnant, going through pregnancy, they're having two hour orgasmic births at home unassisted, and then the baby is born. And, you know, from the minutes, you know, very early on, they're being adjusted and they never have any of these issues. And and the reality is um, that's not what people are seeing in their practice. When you talk to somebody who's been in practice 10, 15, 20 years, you talk to people who have had experiences of how do we communicate with people and how do we how do we as chiropractors love and support people through their journey and um and the thing is and i'll go to go back to that point of we're with them on their worst day but we can help make it better and we can help them not to feel alone i cannot express how many women tell me I'm so glad that this is, that this is being talked about. Um, I didn't know 
that miscarriage was such a rampant thing. I didn't know that loss was such a, a widespread thing. Um, it wasn't until, and they'll say it wasn't until I started talking about my loss or I went through my loss that all these other people, aunts and moms and cousins and sisters, and, you know, started sharing their loss. And it's this, um, there's this stigma about how it needs to be private and it shouldn't be talked about. We find out that we're, we're pregnant when we're two weeks pregnant, right? But we're not supposed to tell anybody until we're 12 weeks and that's safe. Oh Why? We're creating this environment of, of being alone and being isolated. And yes, men go through loss with miscarriage and I don't mean to downplay that by any means, but typically if I'm being like gender normative and, you know, um, whatever for a second, um, typically women become moms the moment they find out they're pregnant or, or, or before they start doing prenatals and they're preparing their body. Um, in, in, in a very real sense, men kind of a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's this weird women, their bodies change very, you know, I mean, there are so many upon conception, there are so many things that our bodies are doing that are so cool. Um, but men don't know that they don't feel that they don't sense it or, or non-pregnant partners. Um, they're not feeling that. And so when there is a loss, there's a lot of um, shame and guilt and what could I have done differently? What could, um, you know, what should I have done? Should I have not eaten that cheeseburger? Should I have gone, you know, whatever. And there's so many layers of, of that. Right. And even, even your question is really telling of, of how women operate. Do you think for one minute that a male chiropractor is going to have those same thoughts in their minds? Like, yeah, maybe after a little while, but for the most part, we are going to think, oh my gosh, do they think that I did it? Men aren't going to think, <laughs> you know, like, and so it's this very real, um, it, it, it's these very real differences. I'm going to get hate mail from this. I know <laughs> but, there's like two dudes who listen. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's this very real um, thing that, that, that there are differences and, and um, our, our brains and our ability to care for people is different than that of, of the male brain. Um, and, and we, we handle situations like that differently. And whether you've had children or not, um, women, I think, still can imagine somewhat of the essence of what it would feel like or what it would be like um, to, to have that loss and to go through that. And so, um, yeah. Well, you are extremely helpful. Thank you, this has been. Um, I want to sign up for your class. I feel like I just tip of the iceberg here. Um, tell people where they can just get more of you. So I will be teaching for the ICPA. It's an online class right now. Um, it is a four hour seminar on the next one, I believe is October 12th. 
I should look. It's that Saturday. Um, and yeah, I've been doing this year. I did two other ones. So this year will be about three this year. I believe next year it'll be about four seminars. Um, so I am part of the perinatal certificate through the ICPA. Um, so, um, if you're going for that, um, but yeah, we have four hours to talk about all things uncomfortable and uh, loss and, and go through that. And I go through different chiropractors journeys of um, being, being pregnant in, in your clinic and having to come back and tell your patients that, that you experienced loss and how that works and, um, and, and really looking at it because it is something um it is something that we, we don't talk about societally. And I think that female chiropractors really, um, and male chiropractors, I don't mean to um, exclude them, but I think that we really can make a mark on helping people heal from their journey. Um, and a lot of times healing is just in some ways also validating that it is a loss and, and understanding that so many people will just be like, that miscarriage happened six months ago. You should be over it by now. Um, and there's no over it. Healing takes time. Healing is forever. I mean, you know, we can, it's so interesting to me that if you cut yourself and it heals and you have a scar there, that tissue is different than it was before. And yet we think of, emotional trauma as so different, right? We should just be over it. Your skin isn't over <laughs> getting cut and just, you know, yeah, it's created new life and it's healed, but it's not back to normal. Right. Well, you know, it's not back to what was before it's different. It's, it's changed. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important. And that's, uh, that's a way that we can really help people heal is just validating that is saying, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that you've experienced this or share your journey with me. Tell me, tell me what, what would you have named the baby? Um, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, you know, did, did you name the baby to me? I think people should name their losses. Um, not should, I don't want to should people, but to me, um, you know, my daughter, I hadn't named her until 2013. Um, mm. she, 14 years old when I named her. Um, wow. and I wasn't, you know, so, so healing takes time. That journey takes time. And it was on my, um, it was on my time and, and it was a little weird, um, because my, that, that story, um, had a lot of other layers to it of mine. Um, but everybody's does everybody's story has layers to it. Everybody's, um, journey is different and it's not to take away from, um, you know, certainly mine is not the intention of my topic is to show my drive to this and how much I love helping people. Um, it's not to be like, Oh, well, my experience is more valid than your experience because every loss is different and, and it needs to, it needs to be on their terms. And I think, um, there are gentle ways that we can love and support people, um, and still be professional. I mean, to me, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still, people go, I'm a professional. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know about all that, but, um, you know, it's, I, I think that um, uh, the, one of the biggest things that we can do is support people 
by validating their lived experiences. And that to me, um, is a big deal. And so when I say, you know, on their due date, send them a little card, tell give them a little love. Um, you know, it's just to, um, to let them know that, that it matters to someone else, because a lot of times it doesn't, you know, people have moved on and, and that due date comes around and most women are not going to forget that due date. They're going to, it's going to be ingrained in their mind and they're going to know whether they talk to somebody about it or not. Um, and women are communal in nature. I mean, there's a reason why it's, I gotta go pee. I'm going to go with you. Um, we, we are communal in nature and, um, it's not necessarily that misery loves company, but it's nice to have someone else say, I, I can't, I don't know your exact experience or your exact journey, but I know, just know that I'm here for you. I, I want to support you through your journey. Um, and, and this is my journey and, um, let's go through our journeys together. Um, yeah. So I am so thankful that women like you exist in this profession. Um, and I'm so thankful for this conversation. Uh, thank you. Um, she Slayers, make sure that you go take Jen's class with the ICPA. Uh, it's virtually. So like, why not? Um, and go sit out. Your clinic is called Acorn Chiropractic. Yeah. Yep. Go Acorn stop Chiropractic out of her clinic because it sounds really cool. Um, and what city is it in? Or what cities? Uh, so we're in Petaluma, Santa Rosa, and Napa. Okay. So white country. Well, I guess if I must go to Napa to see you, I guess I will. You got some crazy stories about getting too drunk and spending way too much money in Napa. Oh, um, yeah, that's, that's how we get them. <laughs> thank you so, so much. This was amazing. You're amazing. I hope to meet you in person soon. Yeah. Where are you? I don't even know. I'm in Wisconsin. Well, I'll come to you. Well, I've been, so, so I have been following Carol Phillips. Oh right? yeah. Uh, so I am actually going to be taking over her West coast trainings. Um, of course so, you because you're an Enneagram three. But. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Gotta look up what that means. Three wing two or eight. I don't know, but I, I think three, this whole Carol Phillips things really solidified it for me of like, for God's sake, woman. Okay. Do you need anything more on your plate? <laughs> I told you I don't sleep. Um, yeah. So I've been actually going to, uh, Minnesota, um, I've been there, I think, eight times this year, <laughs> back and forth. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll well, let you... next time, let me know, because I'm two hours away from Minneapolis. So. Oh, cool. Oh. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Cheese Slayers, make sure to go um, look into Jen Moore, into her ICPA class. Um, and like if this episode did something for you, please screenshot it, share it, because like I do believe that this is a really important topic that most people try and avoid. Um, but it's good. It is healing. We are just so obsessed with the shiny parts of healing. And I think we're not doing ourselves a service if we don't slowly at our own time step into this deeper part of healing that we can do as chiropractors. So until next week, she slayers. Bye. 
Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 